you might be familiar with a Belfast playwright, Mary Jones, who has written some brilliant stage productions. Um, a couple that spring to mind, Stones in His Pockets, which I had seen in, in London uh, way back, which was brilliant. It's now actually on in the Lyric Theatre again in Belfast, and I'm hoping to get to see that again. And the one I wanted to talk about today was um, The Blind Fiddler. It tells the story of um, a young girl or a girl who's out in search of truth about her father who used to mysteriously head off to uh, Loch Derg every year. Loch Derg is a kind of uh, spiritual or a penal, a spiritual home or a penal colony for um, Catholics, Irish Catholics. And um, he used to go every year, and she has this crisis of, um, I suppose, uh, searching for who she is and all that. But this is a bit of a spoiler that she finds out anyway that I haven't thought all these years that he would have headed off to Loch Derg, where he was really going, was going up to a trad music festival in, up in the country, probably Pomroy, if I can remember. I'm not too sure, but I do remember when I saw the play in Belfast that Cal Hayden um, was playing the fiddle on stage and the musical interludes were incredible. Cal Hayden is, was an Irish fiddle champion. He used to go to school with his brother Jerry. Um, this is the most Irish of all podcasts I think I've ever done. And he um, he was playing in a band called uh, For Men and the Dog. He's a brilliant musician. Great play, anyway. But it, it was I was reminded of that when my mother passed away. My mother passed away in 2010. And myself and the brothers were chatting about the old stuff. And I was talking about um, my recollection of my father every September. One of the local guys, a guy called Peter McKerney, would have called up in his car. We read Austin Morris and would have tooted the horn outside on a Sunday in September and he would have the two of them would have headed off or the three of them maybe four of them would have headed off down to Crow Park and all my life I had assumed that they were going to um, the football final but my brother told me that it was the Hurland final that my father went to every year for quite a few years I don't know how long but it was almost like his annual pilgrimage it may be his version of uh, Loch Derg um, that was the sneeze in the background my dog. So I was really surprised that I didn't know this. I wasn't that surprised I didn't know it, but I was kind of, um, I always thought my father was into football um, and I would have watched the All-Ireland Finals when in the late 70s when it was the Kerry and Dublin games. And um, I decided in 2010 to go to uh, the Hurling Final that year. And I think it was the year that Micheál and Murray retired but it was a real stunning hurling match. It was Kilkenny against Tipperary. And um, I have taken notes because I couldn't remember the score, but I knew that um, it was a cracker. And um, Laura Corbett scored three goals. Henry Shefflin um, might have scored a point or something like that. And Tipperary won, which was then alleged to be one of the greatest hurling games of all time. Um, and I'm sure many generations would make that claim. But what dawned on me was, if anybody has ever been to Croke Park to watch Hurling final, um, the energy in the stadium is 
ridiculous. It's highly charged. Um, that's an understatement. There must be an adjective to to fully describe what it's like. But it's so charged. It's incredible. The action on the pitch is ridiculous. It's, it's just like the what you could imagine the Coliseum and the gladiators and the the clash of the ash, the noise that it makes, and the noise of the puck, um, and the whack of the slither, and just the intensity of the play and the speed and the passion. It's just remarkable. It's really, really quite something. And I went um, that year, then 2011, 2012. The following year, Lark Corbett was held scoreless, and Shefflin scored nine points, and Kilkenny won. And Kilkenny had a run of form in that period where they were probably the best team, I think, um, they, they were running for five in a row, had won four in a row, and then lost that one and came back. And there was just a period of, of dominance. And for anybody who has never been to a Harlem match, it's arguably, well, not arguably, probably without question, the best field sport in the world. It's the fastest sport. It's the most skillful. It's, I would say, probably just ridiculously fast-paced, such skills, eyeball coordination, and all done by amateurs, and um, all performed by amateurs. And I'm only re the reason I'm kind of talking about hurling is because um, on the weekend just gone, Tyrone lost uh, uh, one of their their most famous hurling players of all time, young fella Damien Casey, um, died at the weekend. And um, it rem I was reminded of when um, he was captain, and they just uh, Toronto just won um, uh, a few weeks ago, and he had scored something like 14 points in the final. And Toronto's not really renowned for its hurling, but Casey um, would have been renowned as one of the best players ever to come through this county and probably standing up there with the greats of Kilkenny and Tipperary and all that sort of stuff. He's played um, 400 games, championship games, and um, was averaging 10 points a game, you know. And one of the things th about this is that uh, Declan Bogue is a brilliant journalist and a, an incredible sports journalist, but just really his, some of the, the, his writing and... and um, and Gilly Games is brilliant and he writes a piece at the weekend in the Irish Examiner that is re-edited for some reason into the Irish Independent where he talks about Casey and the impact that Casey would have had on the hurling club in Dungannon and the county um, and there's real echoes of the passing of Cormac McAnall in 2004 who, um, you know, I, I kind of share his surname but would have watched on as a, as a fan. I didn't know Cormac at all. Um, I maybe met him three or four times when he was a child and um, didn't know him really as the footballer and the man that he had become. But I remember the impact of his death and not just because of um, you know, the, the family connection but just the impact that it had on Gaelic Tyrone, the wider county um, and the Gaelic fraternity on the, on the island of Ireland. And, you know, it was a serious uh, impact on those people who who knew him, who played with him, who watched him as fans, and obviously not forgetting the impact that it would have had on the family. And right now, um, whatever's going on in uh, with the family must be just horrific, and that loss is just is just um, uh, man is irreplaceable on every single level. 
and a very public death and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it what it it shows that the 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 sporting community, specifically the GAA community, how they come together and how they they kind of fall into into line and just do what needs to be done to uh, cherish and remember um, a legacy that was created by these individuals and their and many other sports you could just call them individuals in hurling they're probably you know the they, they're warriors you know they're going into battle with with sticks like with weapons and whilst it's all fun and games on the sideline and you can say that these guys are are athletes and they're just exceptional damien casey was 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 the most exceptional hurling player and one of the best on the island at his peak and um, when you, whether you choose to accept the thin line between myth and fact and, and, and our, you know, Irish sagas and folk tales and everything else, um, Harlan has, uh, has informed our culture way back, from way back, and continues to do so today. And, um, you know, that loss is just, it's, it's just something terrible for the family. And, um, probably will take some time to truly sink in for friends and teammates and all that sort of stuff and you know his his legacy is probably unparalleled and what will um you'll look back on moving forward is how how brilliant he really was and that he was a giant of the game and um hopefully there will be a living or a lasting testimonial to him and um, you know he, he what he'd done for for Hurling in his town in Dungannon and in, in the county and it's just um, this is a real sad day for the sport um, but yeah this is not really related to much to um, the work that I do I just thought I'd want to um, post something on for the day that's in it I didn't really stick to Hurling after that, I never played. I've got I had a signed Henry Shefflin, hurl and all that sort of stuff, but I never hit a slither in anger. And um, but it is just a majestic sport, and played at the level Damien Casey was able to play it at. Um, really, it's just a marvelous thing to behold. It's a real joy to behold. One of the things that I, I guess I want to finish on is the idea that these guys are role models and athletes are are role models. Um, I don't think they are. For every Damien, Casey, and Cormac McAnallan, I can name a whole bunch of lads who have excelled at sport that I wouldn't let them name a wallet. Um, but that's not a reflection on them or the sport. That's just a mirror on society, and we put an awful lot of pressure on athletes to perform off the field um, in a way that they perform on the field. And I don't really think that athletes. Are, are role models they can be and they can choose to be and there are people that control like Peter Canavan and, and Stephen O'Neill who who would be role models and their impact and influence would be great in that community and Damon Casey was one of those guys that would have had a really really strong uh, impact and influence um, on people on young kids and in Declan's article in the Irish Examiner which is really worth a read he talks about the trophies that were um, going to be brought into the, his club uh, nearby where he's the assistant manager and 
Um, that always happens here, you know, if, if your team does really well, the county does really well, the trophies then do a tour of the county for a period of time. And um, GA is just really in, in, ingrained in, in our culture. Um, and a, yeah, to see a young lad like that, who's was able to carry himself with such dignity on the on the on the field and such skill, and then the same off the field. It's a real loss to the family in that. So um, if you're not really into the hurling, you should check it out. And if you're into the hurling, you probably know what I'm talking about. So um, yeah, thanks thanks for tuning in. Uh, on this is my first outside broadcast, but sure, where would you go with that like that? <laughs>